this experience of this bubble and this total reset to go back to LA and really just go back in it, it just feels, it's a little heartbreaking to be honest. And it, it's a little hard for me to even think about, you know, because I just, now that I know better, I kind of want to do better for my body, mind, and spirit in that way, because I know what's best for me. I, I know what makes me feel better, what makes my soul happy and, and what is best for my physical and my mental and spiritual body. You're listening to the Almost 30 Podcast, hosted by Krista Williams and Lindsay Simsek. Almost 30 started as a conversation about the transition from our 20s to our 30s. But then we realized life is full of transitions. So we expanded our mission. We are an intuition-led, wellness-focused lifestyle podcast that promises to deliver authentic conversations, diverse points of view, and insights rooted in optimism, growth, and intention. The Almost 30 Nation community is a group of purposeful dreamers who are smart, passionate, and always seeking the full potential in every aspect of their lives. At Almost 30, we're making magic together. We dream it, and then we do it. Thanks so much for tuning into the Almost 30 Podcast. Here we go. Hello. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Almost 30 Podcast. If you're new here, I am so grateful. Hi, it's uh, Lindsay Simsek and Krista Williams, and we are... The founders and creators, but we're also just learning right along with you. So thanks for being here. It's a, it's been like a humbling experience, especially as of late, just meeting more and more of you to know that we're all kind of doing the work together. Yeah. Lindsay and I have been on a, a stream of challenging and eye-opening interviews. So we're just feeling it, Mm -hmm. feeling the growth right now. Yeah. But it's really beautiful. And you know, in this episode, it's my solo episode talking about my silent retreat that I did for five days. And so this was a huge growing opportunity and experience for me. And I'm excited that I was able to record this a day after I got back. So it's really hot, really fresh. And I have recorded solo episodes before that I didn't feel like captured how I felt or what I wanted to say in a really nice way. And I really enjoyed recording this. I can't wait to listen. I know, I'm excited. (laughs) So enjoy this episode. Um, As always, we love to hear from you. So join our secret Facebook group. Follow us on Instagram at almost30podcast. And we'll see you on tour. Yeah. We're out on tour. So find us, almost30podcast.com has all the information, but enjoy this episode. What's up, guys? Welcome to Almost 30 Podcast. I am so glad you're here. I'm pumped for this episode. I'm so excited. I couldn't wait. We have been recording all day, but I just feel so inspired by the silent retreat that I just got back from. I am so excited to talk to you about everything that went down, how I felt, how I feel today, and really just go through the whole process with you. I took as many notes as I could uh, when during the time that I could, and I'm excited to share all the learnings that I got through the process. So to catch you up to speed, yesterday, I just got back from the silent retreat that I took for five days. This happened at the Art of Living Retreat Center, which is in Boone, North Carolina. And it's two hours from Charlotte in the mountains. It's in the Blue Ridge Mountains or it's Blue Ridge Mountains. And it is so beautiful. It 
I can't even explain. I didn't know that there were parts of the United States that were so lush and so green and had so many trees and such abundant nature. It was just an amazing experience to be within nature in that way. And the Art of Living Retreat Center is actually a nonprofit. So all of the money that they make through their retreat center in Boone goes back to funding their service-based projects all around the world. So they're not religiously affiliated, although they are spiritual, but their goal is really just to make the world a better place and to find opportunities through service-based projects to to do that. So I am all about that mission. I am all about um, what they stand for. And they really just want to spread happiness and joy in ways in which that allow people and empower people to tap into themselves, to create that happiness within and then spread it outside of themselves. And I was connected to them through Bess on our team. She runs our partnerships and um, was able to go, you know, in exchange for this review, but I would pretty much tell you anyways. So just full disclosure there. And about the the space. So again, it's two hours outside of Charlotte. It's in Boone. It's so stunning. And because this is a retreat center that's based around going in, it is not super lavish and it's not super Instagrammable in that way. It's very basic. And I've actually come to find that with a lot of the spiritual retreats that I've done that are all about going in or meditation or really stripping down, they are more simple. So my room, it has a bed, which was awesome. It's it's a stunning room. It's just a bed. It's just a table, a desk, and then the bathroom. Nothing crazy. There's no infinity pools. There's no jacuzzis in every room. There's no like palm trees in every room or all this crazy stuff. The place is just very, very simple. The food is amazing. And that was one thing that was really, really nice is that I got to eat based on Ayurvedic principles. So without the retreat, there was principles of Ayurveda mixed in. So I was able to eat according to my dosha. They had all vegetarian food, which was bomb. It was so good to just eat super clean and feel really, really light in that way. And I think that was really important to my healing process was eating really clean and eating really healthy and simply. But to take you through the retreat process, let me talk about how I feel now because that will just help me really get it off my chest. I feel like I got to tell you guys. Okay. So let's see. I got back yesterday morning. I landed at like 12 to LAX and I had started talking that morning. So I actually started talking to uh, the driver that took me from the retreat center to the airport. And then that was kind of, you know, the first conversation that I was having, didn't really talk much on the flight and then got home in the afternoon and had to speak at an event that evening. So just really got back in, in the groove pretty quickly. And I was actually on my way to the event, which was awesome. It was a dream come true for me, but I was sitting in LA traffic for about an hour and a half. And I was just felt like I was going to cry. I was like, oh, wow. I actually haven't felt anxiety like this in a long time. And anxiety in the sense of like the rapid heart rate, like wanting to kind of escape whatever you're doing, just feeling a little out of control. And it's almost like an anxious nervousness. And I hadn't felt that in a long time. And it almost felt like my nervous system was readjusting to the intensity that is Los Angeles. And my nervous system is kind of, I don't know if it's shutting down, but it's shifting in the way that it has to adjust to where I live and to what I do. Because being in 
the middle of nowhere, surrounded by nature. There are little to no EMFs. I wasn't on my phone. I wasn't on my computer. I was eating super clean. I was um, walking tons in nature. I would take walks by myself the whole time. I was meditating for six hours a day and I wasn't speaking among some other things, you know, that I am forgetting, but just this experience of this bubble and this total reset to go back to LA and really just go back in it. It just feels, it's a little heartbreaking to be honest. And it's a little hard for me to even think about, you know, because I just, now that I know better, I kind of want to do better for my body, mind, and spirit in that way, because I know what's best for me. I, I know what makes me feel better, what makes my soul happy and, and what is best for my physical and my mental and spiritual body. But alas, life is life and I love my life here. I'm so grateful for it, but it has felt a little bit confusing and I just am seeing things a lot more clearly um, as it relates to you know the way that I live my life here and, and my addiction to my phone, my addiction to my email and my addiction to the doing which is very, very prevalent. And if you guys listen to the Shaman Durek episode that we had, you can search Shaman Durek, almost 30. We went into a reading where he talked about how I am always doing, and I have such an insecurity around the allowing and the being, and that my soul really wants me to play and my soul really wants me to relax. But for some reason, I just cannot let myself be. I cannot let myself play. And I cannot let myself relax. So I don't know if you relate. I know there are a lot of ladies that listened to that episode and related to that reading that I got and that sentiment around always having to be doing something, always having to be planning the next dinner with your friends, the next trip, the next happy hour, the next workout class, the next diet you're going to be on the next outfit you're going to wear, the next job you're going to have, the next client you're going to get, whatever it is, I have a tendency to live within that very much so. Within the act of always needing to do and never allowing myself to play or my little girl to to be, you know, to be in experienced life at the same time that the Krista of right now is experiencing life. So coming back here, just getting back in the swing, it was, it is, super interesting. And I am just so surprised at the fact that I have gone my whole life without being silent for a few days. And, you know, I want to make sure that I make clear the difference between spending the entire day at your apartment watching Netflix and not talking to a silent retreat and the difference is that the silent retreat, which is where you participate and act in noble silence, you are not consuming anything. You're not watching TV. You're not looking at Instagram. You're not looking at Twitter. You're not looking at your email. You're not texting. You're not calling. You are not journaling. So you're not actually writing anything down. So you're not reading. You're not consuming anything. And the point within that is to be able to turn inward. Because if we think about it, and I think about it quite often, is the amount of inputs that we have within our life. For me, existing as um, 
in human design as someone that is not emotional. I have open crown and open sacral, meaning I am affected by other people's feelings and emotions and situations, feelings and emotions, and I could take them on very easily. So when I'm continually putting inputs into my system, whether that's a YouTube video or a podcast or a conversation or a song or a TV show or a text or Instagram, there are consistent inputs and things that we are putting within our soul and our system and our body to digest and to understand and to absorb and to distract and all of these things. And to go with a period of time where you're not doing that, and that's really you know the point I'm trying to make is the differentiation between noble silence and, and just a day where you're like chilling and you're not talking to anyone, which are incredible. It's, it's the forcing of going in and riding through the uncomfort, the uncomfort of that weirdness and that awkwardness until you find this like beautiful deliciousness. With this at the retreat, so what happens is the first day I really just got my bearings and I actually did a Pachakarma massage that day. So it was an oil-based massage. And, you know, as the irony would have it, me and the massage therapist ended up talking the entire time, which was kind of making me laugh. I'm like, oh, this is totally my life where I'm about to go into silence and I ended up talking to the massage therapist the whole time. She was, she was incredible. She was so sweet. And she actually taught me something beautiful where we were talking about a situation she had with her family. And in most cases, I really just provide a listening ear and I never feel entitled or like I have the right to provide insight or information to someone else's experience. What they are sharing with me is very limited in its scope. And I don't feel like I can make a judgment or provide advice of any sort. But in this situation, I felt like I felt compelled. I felt compelled to share how I felt about what she was going through in her situation. And it was really beautiful, you know, the way that she took it and she got emotional and she was just really grateful and thankful for what I told to her. And this would be something I would tell you guys as advice. I would tell almost 30 nation if you guys wrote into us, but with strangers, it's, it's a little bit harder because I don't feel like we have that initial connection like I have with you guys. And it actually empowered me and really made me think differently about the place I am in my life and the right that I have to actually share with clarity, how I feel about certain situations or how, how I feel about certain things. Because as a, as a projector, I always feel like I have to have, you know, the invite and all my projector people, which is a human design type. I think you guys can feel me that you always feel like you have to have the invitation, which I actually really love about myself, but it was a good feeling. And it was kind of like a little note and reminder, like on this path of spirituality and on this path of growth and self-development, you guys are learning so much and you guys are growing every day. And there is so much impactful and insightful information that needs to be shared. And that's why we have our ambassador program. That's why we have our community. That's why we have our secret Facebook group. That's why our DMs are always open is that we want this to be a conversation and we want this to be done within community. And if there are beautiful things or messages that you are sharing or hearing that you think would be helpful on someone's path, then you should have every right with their permission to share it. So it was the first beautiful experience. That massage was great. And then um, after that, I ended up hiking by myself and just relaxing. And I had an amazing dinner and I went to bed. And then the next day we had a happiness training. So the happiness training is a... So the happiness training is a structured 
learning of some of the principles that they follow at the Art of Living Retreat Center. So it is really by one of gurus, I guess, named Sri Sri. And there are five of them that they talk about the AOLC sutras that we learned and kind of were able to digest along with a bunch of meditation and conversation that would lead us into being able to be silent. And I can walk you guys through those sutras now. So you have an understanding of them. There is something. So the first one is accept about accepting things as they are and thinking about how your own non-acceptance brings things up. So I think about this as it relates to my issues around my body image and how I see my body is that when I don't accept it as it is, it brings up more situations that solidify that or confirm that because opposite values are complementary. So it's really that situation and places in your life where there is that friction happening, where these same issues continue to come up, where these same stories continue to be told. And without the allowing and acceptance of those things, you will continue to have, you know, these things come up in your life. These things are happening with your body if you see it in this negative way because of your non-acceptance, because of your inability to accept and love yourself as they are. So it's really important that we accept everything as is, even at the current moment in time. And you can, of course, want to change and grow and evolve, but at first you really need to accept the acceptance. And overall, we are the people, you know, yourself, you are the one that benefits from acceptance, not just the other person. So I think about that also in relationships. So if you can think about as it relates to your body, but then also in your relationships, if you accept someone as they are. So if I accepted my lovely mother as she is, which I have done, I have done, I'm trying and I have continued to try. It's not just about them. It's not just about them getting the benefit of feeling accepted and noticing your energy shift within that. It's you getting that benefit of releasing and not having the expectation. And I've said that a lot with family and specifically with my maternal relationship, you know, with my mother is that my, I treat her almost like a stranger sometimes, because then it allows me to not have that expectation. And then I'm more able to accept because I don't have that expectation that I'm looking for her to fulfill. So we are the ones that really, really benefit from the acceptance. Don't be the football of others' opinions. And I just kind of laugh at that because we were in a group of all women. And like, I think when you throw a sports analogy in sometimes, it's not like we don't understand football, like we understand football, but it just kind of is like a little bit lost. And what they mean within this is that If you were a person that within your life, you are 18 years old and you have the opinion of your mom, your dad, your sister, your brother, your coach, and then your social media and all of these things, you have everyone's opinion or say you're a female that's, you know, working at a job and you have your boss's opinion, your best friend, your boyfriend, your ex-boyfriend, you know, all of these people don't allow your opinion to change and to shift with each of these people's opinions. So if your best friend thinks you should quit your job, your boyfriend thinks you should stay, your mom thinks you should move back home, your dad thinks you should move to another state, all of these people have these different opinions for what you should be doing, but you have to make the decision for yourself. And it's really important to notice that. And a lot of times this will lead to paralysis of people and their ability to make decisions decisions because they are being the football of other people's opinions. So make sure that you stick up for yourself and have your own opinion and 
thank everyone for their input, but you have to really, really do what's best for you. And this has been something that I actually am amazing at. (laughs) For better or for worse, I am able to not care about what anyone wants me to be doing or saying. Because I'm crazy. Because I'm crazy. Okay. And then there was another one. The third one. My very favorite. Don't see intention behind others' mistakes. Don't see intention behind others' mistakes. So thinking about when you feel like someone has wronged you, you feel like someone has hurt your feelings, you feel like someone is doing something that bothers you or upsets you, try and take out the intention behind their action out of that and assume it is a mistake. Assume they do not know. Assume their ignorance to that to the matter. And I think if you think about this with all your relationships and all your friends, once you actually have a conversation and you're able to communicate with them how you're feeling or what you know, you're upset about, most of the time you will see that they had no ill intention. And I don't know anyone in my life right now that necessarily would have ill intent to me. And I don't think you guys should, I'm hopeful you're not hanging out with people that would have ill intent to you. I think that for me kind of died after college. But we shouldn't see when something bothers you that someone is choosing to bother you, that someone is choosing to hurt your feelings or make you sad. Because most of the time people are living in their own world, they're doing what they do, and they are not thinking about you. You know, unfortunately or fortunately, people are really in their own world and anything that they do do to bother you is for the most part not with ill intention. Rarely is there ill, you know, intention. The fourth one. The present moment is inevitable. The present moment is inevitable. And this is the truth. Right now, the present moment, here we are. And I think as we've gotten older, you know, as we're growing and as we're evolving, I know it's corny. And I think, to be honest, this is something that I probably won't say a lot about because you have to just be at a place in your life where you realize that time isn't stopping. And this happens when you're a little older, I think. I don't think I got it until two years ago, maybe a year ago, that each moment is going to continue to come until you die. And death is inevitable. You know, there are periods and points in time in our life that are inevitable, fortunately and unfortunately. So we can't fight what is coming to be. And we really just need to surrender to the flow of life. And the last, my very, very favorite. Enlightenment is taking responsibility for it all, the good and the bad. And that has been one of my goals this year. If you guys know, um, one of my goals this year is radical honesty. But with that, there's also radical responsibility. And that means that when I am in the most beautiful moments of my life, when I am you know, on the beach in the afternoon for my lunch break, or I am speaking in front of you know everyone in the community, or I am working with our team or whatever it is, I'm taking responsibility for the fact that I live a life in which I do what I love and I'm with people I love and I love who I am. That is because of me. And that is because of the work that I've done, I've done on myself and, you know, in my life. And that I, I take full responsibility for that. I'm, I'm thankful for it and it is mine. And on the flip side, that means that when things that are bad happen to me, 
I'm taking responsibility for that. And I will say this with the caveat, this isn't for me going into the conversation of law of attraction. This is more for me as a conversation of getting out of victim mentality and getting back into the place where I feel like I can control, in quotes, situations that happen within my life. So if I am overspending, if I am overeating, if I am feeling unworthy, if I am feeling insecure, if I'm feeling imposter syndrome, all of these things I'm taking responsibility for. All of the relationships in my life and the way that they are, I'm taking responsibility for. And it's a lot. You know, it's much easier to be in victim mode. And it's much easier to blame everyone else for your shitty job, for whatever it is, your shitty relationship. It's so much easier to blame other people. But when you take that responsibility for the bad, it's really beautiful because I feel like you also get permission to take responsibility for the good. So those are the five sutras, baby. Cash money, cash money records, to be honest. So those are really beautiful. And those were uh, a lot of what we learned in the first day with the happiness training. And after the happiness training, we were put into silence. And uh, we had little name tags that said, you know, I'm in silence. So whenever we were walking around or in the lunch hall or in the room or whatever it was, people could know that we were quiet. Even though I had people try and talk to me a few times, you know, hey, do you know where this is? Or anything, you know, just someone wanting to to converse with me if I was walking past them or something. But the silence was the most beautiful thing. And yes, at first, the first half day was a little scary because I'm so living in the doing what's next, what's next, what's next mindset that to sit and lay with myself. It was like, I got to a point at first that where I was like, all right, I've already thought of everything. You know, I'm like, okay, I thought about what I'm going to have for dinner. And I've thought about this situation and that situation and this relationship. And I've made my little vision board in my brain of what I'm looking forward to creating in this life. And I've kind of thought of everything. You know, I, and a lot of it, to be honest, was like, reminds me of a, like a layer cake. So a lot of the beginning of, was the frosting, which was the, uh, Instagram stuff I had seen before I went silent, the YouTube stuff I had watched before I went silent and the podcast I'd listened to. So it's all the stuff that was still milling on the surface that hadn't been digested yet. So I thought about all of that kind of stuff. I was like, okay, I'm kind of thinking about some pointless things, lots of pointless things, lots of pointless inputs. And then after that, I would get to like the next layer of cake. I I like, I mean, this cake thing is kind of, kind of amazing. I get to the next layer of the cake, which is um, the more important questions or topics that I would hope that I would get to. And then it would continue, you know, to the next layer, to the next layer, to the next layer. And then at some point I was at a layer where I was thinking about things that were so random and almost dreamlike. It was really beautiful to be in a place where things could come up that were not bad, not good. You know, I did have a few uh, things that came up that surprised me. There was a, a shame that I carry around something that happened when I was younger that I was very surprised by. And I actually didn't realize that was something I I thought about or or a shame that I carried. So 
I was thankful that that came up so I could kind of noodle over that and forgive myself for that. But there's just so many layers, I think, within our psyche and within our mind that we kind of are able to unravel and review within this process. And when I got to the point where I was thinking about the most random things, that was the joy. You know, that was when it was like, all right, this is like, this is like where I'm at. You know, this is where I, Krista, live. I want to live, where I'm able to allow things to come in and to come out very easily. And I'm not dealing with the inundation of the topics, the ideas, the issues, all of this stuff that I just keep bringing into my life. And throughout this process, in addition to um, some activities like coloring and dancing and, and really nice things that, that broke it up, we were meditating. So we would meditate for about six hours a day. Uh, we would do a Kriya and yoga in the morning. And we would do a bunch of meditation throughout the rest of the day. And you guys know I'm I'm a meditator. I've been meditating for about 10 years now, maybe eight or nine. And it's been the most impactful and influential practice thing in my life. It's really made me who I am and allowed my, my soul to fit into this body vessel that I live in today. So that part was actually really beautiful and blissful. And I didn't have any resistance to that. And that was really nice because the way that they structure it is that you meditate for um, half hour, 45 minutes almost at a time through a guided meditation. And then after you lay down. So I got to actually kind of rest for 20 to 30 minutes after the entire group would rest. And it was really nice to allow that. Cause I think for me right now, the way I meditate is in the morning and then I will head off. I will do my thing. And meditation can either give me energy or make me tired. It depends. But to allow myself to fully decompress for my nervous system to chill out and to actually rest after these deep meditations was just really beautiful. And I enjoyed each and every one of the meditations. It was delightful to do that and to really, really go deep and to just chip away at the hard shell that I feel like I had over my energetic body, you know, being in Los Angeles where it's just chaos as far as like energy goes, you know love LA, but it is. And allow myself to just kind of crack that shell and just get deep. And over the course of, you know, the days, I don't think I ever, I'll be honest. I don't think I ever felt compelled to talk. I honestly was like, I honestly was like, this is the damn best thing because the permission to see people and to not make small talk to not say, hello, how are you? How are things? Oh, what are you grabbing for dinner? What are you doing? Oh, how's your day? Yeah, it's such a beautiful day out. You know, it's it's so beautiful. Oh my God, the moon. Uh, you know, people and people are always talking. I'm always talking. It's it's a amazing and beautiful thing. I actually am a fan of small talk because I think there's an art to it. I think there is a true art to doing small talk well and to making it fun and interesting. But and it's the doorway to something deeper. So it, it kind of has to be there or else it's inauthentic if you're going deep right away. But to be rid of having to do that felt like a fucking dream, dude. I was like, oh my God, I want a silent card for my life. Like, I just want to imagine just walking to your office and be like, yo, silent card. And it made things seem much more impactful. So when I'd be eating, you know, my senses were heightened and I would be eating alone. And I'd be able to eat slowly 
and I'd be able to enjoy because I didn't have anything to do. I didn't have anywhere to go. Didn't have anyone with me. I wasn't in conversation. I wasn't, you know, on to the next. So my meals were super slow, which is so not like me. Oh my gosh. Justin and I like shovel food in our mouths. Our dinner dates are literally 30 minutes. It's embarrassing. And I eat really fast and I don't necessarily taste all my food. It's a, it's a whole thing. So to sit down to really enjoy and to embrace the taste, the texture, all of that was really nice. And yo, this is crazy. But I was able one day to save my dessert for after my dinner. So I don't think I've gone my entire life with having like a dessert cookie brownie on my plate and not eating that before my entire dinner meal. But I was able to wait and have my dessert after my dinner. I mean, I mean, if I got anything out of it, it was the ability to know that I can save my dessert for last, to be honest, because you know, when I when I'm about a dessert, I'm really about a dessert and I want it right that second. So my ability to taste, see, feel um, food was really heightened. And I, I really appreciated that because I, I needed that reset because with the way that I live my life, I don't take the time to really slow down and enjoy my meals as much as I would like to. You know, vision was heightened, scent, sight was heightened. And the overall impactful piece that I really got from being silent was the smile at me. My ability to stop looking out and to stop smiling at everyone else, but to turn around and just smile at my soul and smile at myself and remember that I am a spirit having this human experience and that my soul knows what's best and that it's there with me and it wants to be seen and it wants to be communicated with. And I just feel so connected to it. And it's interesting because now as I've gone on my spiritual path, whatever that means, I feel like I almost see myself in third person. And I don't know if that's ego, spirit, and body, but I just recognize her, which is me. But it's easier to say her because it kind of, I don't know, makes it seem more like God. Uh, But I recognize this piece of me that is like my spirit. And I just like love her. I'm just like, feel so thankful that I am at such a place at such a time able to explore my part of spirituality or my role as a present person in my life. And I couldn't be more thankful, you know, and how I knew that I was connecting with my soul and that I was with my soul and that I felt like all the layers had come off enough to know that it was me there was actually through like play and making myself laugh, to be honest. That's like my jam. So, I mean, honestly, making people laugh is the best, but like when you're like doing something and you're and you laugh at yourself and you're like, yo, what the hell? Or like you just make a joke to yourself. Like this is on, I'm 10. So honestly, I'm 10 years old. So we had a meditation where they're going through 
different parts of the body and kind of releasing and all of these things. So they were talking about like, okay, release, you know, your navel or something. And I would think in my head, like, oh, like release your butthole. Like, I'm not kidding. Like that was like the stuff I would think about. And I would like, oh, I'm glad I got to the point where like I can get past the seriousness of what we're doing and make myself laugh so that I can be present enough to like enjoy the moment and just let this be. Even if it's a butthole joke, you know, there's such a beauty in loving yourself enough to be like, oh, like let's have fun with this because that is my number one thing with everything. Make it fun. Like if you can, and there is a time for depth and there's a time for going there, but I just want everything as much as it can be to be fun and to be light within your body and within, you know, who you are and your soul. And I have that wish for all of you. And if I could say, you know, right now at this point, after the days of silence and the happiness training and being alone with myself at night, in the morning, on walks, meditation, um, eating alone, doing all of these things, I just feel like this is completely necessary for me to do on a yearly basis. I would maybe hope to do it even more just because if I think about, you know, how long in my life I've gone with the inputs, with doing all of the things, but not really checking in. My meditation is my daily check-in. It is my practice to be like, hey, what's up? You know, what's going on with me and my soul? And I try and integrate that much more in my car. If I'm driving, I'll turn off the music, turn off podcasts and just check in. But the ability to shed and to really go deep in this environment was something that I will never forget and something that I am very, very grateful for. I also had, as a last thing, uh, like my body, which you guys know is like insane anyway. So it's like, how could it get any better? What? Crazy. Like, oh my God, you're already fucking perfect. (laughs) My body definitely shed some energetic layers. And I'm not saying like, oh yeah, like lost 40 pounds. It was like a detox diet, but I feel lighter. I feel like I'm holding on to less. And I felt like I was eliminating a lot, which I didn't expect to happen. It was definitely a lot with the food, definitely a lot with all the walking, but there was really like a lot of releasing of toxins and and crap that I had been holding on to that felt really good. And I look leaner for sure. (laughs) I look leaner now than I did when I got there a hundred percent, like easy. It's the walking, it's the nature, it's the sleeping, it's the meditating, it's the no stress. It's the nervous system calming down. It's the hormones balancing. It's so much, which obviously is our goal and our dream. But if anything will sway you, a banging bod, you know, has got to sway you. So I saw some beautiful body releases and body shifts that happened without me really trying. Let's take a little breath. Definitely breathing a little deeper. Definitely taking as much energy, prana in as I can. Hoping to use this conversation that I'm sharing with you as an impetus for me to come back to this whenever I can to schedule my next silent retreat, to maybe go deeper, to maybe go longer. And for those people that think that they could never do this, I know for a fact that you could. And if it gets uncomfortable, that's a good thing. There were points where it got uncomfortable for me, but I just 
sometimes that's where you got to run. And there should be situations that you are putting yourself in right now that are safe quotes, but uncomfortable that help you to grow. So this is one of them. Again, it was Art of Living Retreat Center, which is in Boone, North Carolina. I did the silent retreat. They have a bunch of different retreats. You could do the happiness retreat, a meditation retreat to learn how to do meditation. Uh, They have a bunch of uh, speakers and healers that actually come in quite often. So if you guys remember um, Eben Alexander, he's been on the podcast before. He does a retreat with his wife uh, who does sacred acoustics. Uh, Sharon Salzberg does. They have Pachacarma retreats that are eight days of detoxing. If you're really interested in that, they have mediumship development retreats. They have um, journey into meditation. They have Ayurvedic culinary retreats, couples communication retreats. They have a lot um, going on there that is really exciting and really engaging. And I love that it's affordable. So this is a place that, again, it's nonprofit. All the money goes back into the foundation, which does service projects all around the world, but it is a very, very affordable, affordable thing. So I always want to make sure I'm, I'm trying my best to bring situations and experiences to you that are attainable. And what I love about the Art of Living Retreat Center is that they are, and it's in Boone, North Carolina. You fly into Charlotte and I really loved my experience. I felt like it was beautiful and um, I'm here and happy to answer any questions that you have. I would love to be a resource for you and I would love to encourage you, you know, if you can't do a retreat to maybe take a weekend to do as much noble silence as you can. No reading, no writing, no TV, no phone, no computer and being quiet. Even if it's telling your partner, you're going to be quiet. Uh, Try and go in whenever you can. Your soul is waiting for you. I love you very, very much. You mean so much to me. I'm so grateful for the support that you've given me in my life and in my journey. And I feel so connected to you and um, you're the best. I'm here for you. 100 blog on Instagram, H-U-N-D-R-E-D blog. And I'm Krista Williams. And I'm so grateful for you. I will see you next time. Wow. What a good one. I know. Wow. Thank you, Krista, so much. Wow. (laughs) You really brought the heat on that one. Well, I think, and the thing about it is like anyone can kind of do a version of what you just did. You know, I don't meditate for six hours and you do like noble silence, which is no consumption at all. Maybe. (laughs) I'm just saying a version. It doesn't have to be to the extreme. I don't know if everyone has like the ability to do that, but I don't know. It's a, it's definitely a practice that you can do consistently. Maybe it's like a monthly thing where you take a couple days and like, yep. Sign off. It is different. It's not a digital detox though, is the thing. Yeah. No, I, I, I understand. But I think that what I talked about within there that are things for people to think about within that, but there's a lot stopping people in what I realized from doing that, from Mm -hmm. peeling back that many layers Mm -hmm. of distraction between phone, TV, others, food, journal, book, any, like there's, there's a yeah. hundred layers that we, that we use for distraction, which is very interesting. So, but yeah, I mean, I, I agree in, in the fact that there are different ways in which we can kind of peel back or, or streamline. And, and that's the point and purpose, you know, of sharing this. So, yeah. Totally. Um, well, we're excited to continue the tour 
tour baby all in winter but coming up upcoming for us we will be in new york city so we have three events there they're almost all sold out so check those out on our website almost30podcast.com but wanted to highlight our stops in washington dc with heidi stevens and in philadelphia with your girls krista and Lindsay. solo and in dc it's with heidi stevens it's she's a soulful feminine focused coach. But when we had our session with her in LA, it was one of our most powerful sessions Mm -hmm. of 2018 or 2019. And the girls left from it with, you know, their lives changed and, and more confidence in the direction that they were going. So I'm excited about that one in DC. And then ours are always so fun when it's us, it's more interactive discussion focused and really beautiful. And in New York, to learn about human design with Aaron Claire, to learn about the importance and the alchemy of your voice it means something and it is something with Stuart Pierce and then to laugh with Nikki Glazer at our live show. So pumped. A dream. Yeah, everyone's been really excited about that one as well. So check out ticket information, almost30podcast.com. Cannot wait to meet you. And we just really appreciate your support. We can't do this without you. So we will see you soon. Yeah. Join uh, the secret Facebook group and let us know how we could further support Go to our shop, shopalmost30podcast.com to get some free downloadables from some amazing artists and uh, join the family on Instagram. We love you. We love you. Next time. Bye-bye.